You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 97. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here today. It is May. For so many of you, it is the end of the school year, and it has been another crazy school year. We had a crazy finish last year. We're doing it again this year. So many states are moving things around. Maybe they're open. Maybe they're closed. I don't know where you're at in the world. I know I have a couple listeners that are actually in the Middle East, and and they're involved in what's happening between Israel and Palestine, and my heart goes out to you because there's so much happening over there that we can't even begin to fathom. It's really amazing that when I find out where my listeners are located and, and where they're going to school and what they're doing and how this is resonating. And so for many of you, you live wherever you live, and I can't possibly be able to throw out all the different hypotheticals of where, but I know I've reached over 150 countries. And what really I want to bring to the table today is one of my main principles that runs through me because of my teachings and my learnings and trainings with neuro-linguistic programming. And it's the very first presupposition that we have in NLP, where and these are the principles that really guide us. When you embrace these principles into your life, personal growth and development and accepting others and empathy and compassion, it, it begins to run through you. And so day one of my teaching and my trainings, we go over the presuppositions. And again, just a fancy word for the principles that we utilize within NLP to grow ourselves and to be more of service to others. And if you're listening to this show and you've made it to almost 100 by now, you know that this is very much, this stuff matters to me, right? You know, I, I really feel like if I had learned some of this stuff, even an inkling of this back in my college days, especially in the mid-90s, whenever I was just going through so much emotional turmoil with my parents' divorce and the uh, the bringing in of alcohol and drugs into my life and then, you know, the breakups and the heartaches and just this lack of emotional intelligence that I had that, I mean, no fault of my own. It's not like I chastise myself or, or want to whip myself for not knowing this stuff. It, it was a different age. Information wasn't as readily available as it is now. And in this era that we live in, it's almost like there's too much information, right? How do we possibly sift through it all? I mean, there's, you know, how many hundreds of different podcasts could you guys be listening to right now? And how many different people can you be learning from? And how much information can you possibly take in where you have to then step back and say, okay, now it's time to apply and evaluate. Because knowledge isn't power. It's the actual application of that knowledge that's power. So let's get into this very first principle, presupposition of NLP, because I think it's going to be very powerful 
In fact, I know it'll be powerful for you because it's so powerful for me and it's so powerful to the members of my tribe. And for everyone who's been listening to this show, you may have already heard me say it before, so I'm going to but I'm going to give it its own sh- episode now because I think as you finish up another school year. And for many of you, you're graduating high school, you're graduating college, and now it's time to go out there and, you know, start the next phase of your life. And even those of you who are still in high school and in college, you'll just be moving to year one, two, three, four, five, six. Hell, if you're going to be a doctor, you might be in year nine or 10 or 12. Um, I did 12 years in college and I'm not a doctor. The principle we're going to discuss today is respect others model of the world and so respecting other people's model of the world what does this mean and it's foundation it really just means respecting somebody else's point of view just respect other people for their point of view because you want to you want them to respect you for your point of view See, we all have our own upbringings. We all have our own lives. Even twins born side by side within a minute of each other are going to experience the world in an absolutely different way. Some people experience it more visually. Some people experience it more auditorily. And some people experience it more kinesthetically or through their feelings and needing to touch things and and, um, feeling things at a deeper level. And so these are the three primary ways that humans communicate is through their sense of touch, their sense of feelings, their sense of sound, their sense of uh, visual. And we talk about this all the time in in the tribal classes that because we experience the world through our five senses, you know, touch, taste, sight, sound, smell. This the taste and the smell are less, but you definitely have anchors in your life that can go back to taste, that can go back to smell. When you smell cookies being cooked, is there not a memory you have of your childhood of of walking into a fresh bakery with your family or smelling desserts being cooked over Thanksgiving that can take you back to a moment in time immediately? And you can picture everybody that was there at Thanksgiving and perhaps your grandmother makes an amazing dish and you taste it. This is where comfort foods come from. Right When we're a child and we're not feeling very well and our parents make us a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or chicken noodle soup, grilled cheese, these become the comfort foods that we remember and we still enjoy as adults when we're not feeling well because we've anchored an emotion into those. We've anchored a moment when we were being nurtured, when we were being loved, and we can go back to that. And so when we think about this stuff in terms of how we can start to utilize it now, as we're adults and we're moving into adulthood and we're doing things is when you respect somebody else's model of the world, you realize that the way they've experienced life through their five senses is not going to be the same way that you're experiencing it through your five senses. And it really started me thinking about this because of my listeners that are over there in Israel and, and this Gaza Strip and, and you know this war between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and they're not going to get political. So if I've got listeners on both sides, that is not where we're going with this. Just understand that from an outsider's perspective, we only know what we know. And because we're not actively involved in it, we will 
only know what we read. And again, with media being what it is, are you even really positive that you're reading um, the information as historically accurate or just opinion-based? But what I got thinking was is that from an outsider's perspective, we only learn what we learn, what we can learn. And again, is that information historically accurate or is it opinion-based? And then we start to make opinions and we start to make decisions on how we're going to feel about that and how we're going to speak about that. And this has been happening with COVID. And, and I've talked about this extensively because of how um, how much vitriol, how much anger it seems is being created by both sides, you know, the left or the right, the Republicans, the Democrats, the conservatives, the liberals, however you want to label the two sides. And really, there's not just two sides. There's Every single human has their own version of a side. And so when you respect somebody else's model of the world, you can step into this idea that there's a reason why they think the way they think. There's a reason why they feel the way they feel. There's a reason why they see the world the way they do and the way they talk about the world and the way that they hear you talking is because they're running everything through their own filters of what they've experienced in their life. Time space, environment, personality traits, values, beliefs, opinions, experiences, memories. These are the filters that we run our entire life through. And there's no one is going to use the same filters in the same way. Not to mention that then there's a processes that these filters are also run through where we delete certain information, we distort certain information, we generalize certain information because the brain is constantly seeking ways to be more efficient. It weighs three pounds, but it uses 20 to 25% of our, the energy that the body has every day. It uses a vast amount of the oxygen coming in to our body just to maintain its usefulness, to main, maintain you know, the ultimate, you know, it's like a machine. It, it's looking to maximize its energy usage at all times. And so because of this, we have filters and we have processes, and this causes us to start having certain ideas, certain beliefs and values just submitted into us, which can block us from really embracing that other people just experience life differently. And it's neither right nor wrong, right? We're seeking to understand the way that people experience the world because when we can understand how they're experiencing the world, we can understand more about ourselves we can understand how to connect with them better. We can just really understand how to be a good, nice human. You know, I talk about this a lot, and I wear that shirt in my lives over on Instagram and Facebook a lot. It's, you know, it just says, be a nice human. We want to be able to realize that while our bodies basically function the same, right? We take in food, it provides energy. We take in oxygen, it keeps us alive, right? Our brains are functioning the same. Our minds, however, function very different, right? We may be concerned with similar things, yet we don't all think the same way. And the fact that we all think just slightly different is what makes us such an amazing species. At the same time, it can bring about conflict. And you're going to notice this as you move through high school, college, out to the world. I mean, there's so many, I mean, again, I've got you know, non-traditional students who are in their 60s that are going back to school. So you're in a, there's a myriad of places I'm finding all of you at. But 
all of us have these moments in our lives where we find conflict. We're not getting along with someone. And it's because we're not respecting their model of the world. We're not realizing that our way of thinking isn't the bar for which the entire world needs to be rising itself to. It's not the bar which the entire world needs to set itself upon. We want to discover ways that we can begin to connect with other people, even if they have different values and beliefs and opinions than us. So often what we just end up doing is assuming, well, this is just the way that I am. I've always been this way. People don't change. People change all the time. (laughs) Everybody changes. In fact, your body goes through so many changes that, you know, certain cells are, are reproduced and recreated every three days. And that I think I've read in multiple places that every two to seven years, your entire body goes through a change. I think it's a seven-year cycle where every single cell in your body will be replaced. And within two years, like major, you know, whether it's just your skin is being constantly replaced or whether it's your kidneys or your liver, your lungs or your heart healing constantly, there is change within our own apparatus, our own physical self let alone what goes in, goes on in the brain. The brain is constantly, you know, building new synapses, new, new connections between the cells for new thoughts. When you learn something new, all of a sudden, poop, there comes a new thing, and then it starts to connect to the other things in you. You are constantly changing. And when someone says people don't change, one, they're just not aware of their own change. And two, at the, at the very minimum, Where that might hold a modicum of truth would be in people's values. Because oftentimes people's values um, become hardwired into them. And they don't necessarily realize that they can make changes in their values. You can reevaluate the things that have mattered to you. And you will throughout your life. And you just may not be realizing that it's happening. I can assure you the things that I valued in my teenage and my 20-somethings, partying, being the life of the party, being super popular, always being around other people that were cool and having fun, is not the world that I live in now in my mid-40s. And it won't be the world you live in. You can call me an old fuddy-duddy or this old man on a soapbox, but I'm telling you, you've noticed it in yourself. You leave high school, you go to college, things that mattered there do not matter then. High school friends you thought would be BFFs all of a sudden become distant memories because you've made new BFFs in college. Those might stick around, or you might go off and make new BFFs when you move to a new city and take a job. What you value and what matters to you is always morphing and changing. So if somebody says people don't change, there might be some slight behaviors. You know, they might value money and therefore they've always been money hungry since they were a kid and they're still money hungry as an adult. Like those kind of things, they might appear to be same, but the drivers for why the person is still wanting to do those things, that's where the changes begin to occur. Being money hungry in, in high school and college might be because you just don't want to be hungry. And then you get into your 30s and you have a family and now maybe you're money hungry because you want to be able to go on vacations or we want to be able to save up for your kids' college futures, for their experiences to be had. The reasons why you value things can change, even if you still value that thing. 
Right? I still value learning and growing and experiencing new things, but the things that I want to learn and grow and experience, those things have changed. I'm fine now being at home on a Friday or Saturday night. It does not matter to me that there are people out there drinking themselves unconscious. That has I've, I've been there, I've done that. And you will one day wake up and have been there and done that as well. And so when we think about experiencing other people's models of the world, you can do this by asking them questions. You can do this by just asking questions in a way that you seek to understand and not to judge. You can give up decades of your life just succumbing to the ways that you've always thought. So just assuming that everyone should think your way, and if they don't think your way, something is wrong with them. But there's actually something wrong with that thinking because you block yourself off to opening up your mind to experiencing other people for who they really are. If the moment they open their mouth and they tell you that they like ketchup and you love mustard, and then that's it. Now we're going to argue about ketchup versus mustard for the next two hours. You don't even have an opportunity of really understanding why they love ketchup so much. Why stepping into their model of the world and experiencing their point of view? It doesn't condone what they're saying. You don't have to immediately subscribe to everything they say, and that's the way you're going to live your life. No, they can like ketchup and you can like mustard and it can be okay that we're different about that. But you can at least accept that there's a reason why they care about ketchup so much. And there's a reason why you are so dead set on arguing why mustard's so amazing. You can redesign yourself at any point in time in your life. You are not stuck with the thinking that has always controlled you. You can reevaluate your values, your beliefs, You can start to see things in a different manner, and it doesn't necessarily have to destroy everything that you've ever thought about. You know, what comes to mind when I say that right now is that I was reading an article in the Rolling Stone about the environment, and it was talking about evangelical Christian uh, like teenagers and how they're getting on board with with the idea of climate science. And what's happening with our climate in, the, in this world and what it is we can do about it. And this one particular girl that was referenced in it talked about how her entire life she very much believed in creationism. And when she started to learn more about it, she actually became a science because she wanted to be able to prove creationism. And in the process of doing that, she actually disproved creationism to herself at least. There will still be other people who will believe in creationism. And again, you believe whatever you want to believe, but this particular woman put a tremendous amount of effort into proving creationism for herself so she could prove it to other people. And in the process, she actually disproved it. And what she realized doing that is that she could not have to believe in creationism, which she had cared about for a couple decades of her life. She realized this in college when she started doing these scientific experiments, that just because she had disproved creationism, it did not disprove um, her belief in God. It did not disprove the things that she had ultimately believed for all these years. It did, to her, disprove creationism. She now could thoroughly and, and, and unequivocally say, yes, evolution exists, but it didn't take God out of her life. It was just able to prove it to her in a different way. She was able to change something massive that had mattered to her for years and still hold 
true to her primary belief that there is a God and that it is loving and, and it's doing these things that are amazing in her life for her. And what I loved, what I took from that was like, wow, she was able to change something that she felt very strongly about creationism. And, and now she was able to start to become an, a, an evolutionist and talk more about that while still embracing her God. She did not have to have a crumbling of her entire existence, of her entire life, what does it matter to her? At the same time, being able to change a long-held belief. And you can do this too. You can redesign your life at any point in time. Just because you want to change a belief, just because you want to change a value, doesn't mean that everything that you've ever talked about, everything that you've ever felt, everything that you've held dear has to crumble to the wayside. It just begins to show up in your life differently. And this is why respecting somebody else's model of the world is such a key tenet that I run my life by. Just because they awaken me to their point of view, just because somebody gives me information I did not previously have. And it might just be their opinion-based information or it might be actually historically accurate. That would take some more research. That would take, you know, really discovering how much do you want to dive into this particular subject. But even if I'm just trying to step into somebody else's shoes, I don't have to go off and do 47 hours of research to step into somebody else's shoes about something that matters to them. I can listen to them. I can take in their information. And at the very least, I walk away feeling more connected to the things that are important to them. You want people to feel connected to the things that are important to you. So why would you not want to also do that for other people? Standing on opposite street corners, you know, with uh, Make America Great Again signs and Black Lives Matter signs and just screaming at each other is not the way that we're ever going to get anything done important in this country. And if you obviously are listening in another country, you have your same different, you have your own groups of people who would stand on opposite corners and yell at each other. They may not be the BLM movement versus the Trumpican movement, but I can assure you, you've got your own version of this. Every species has like a conflict. Even, you know, within a pride of lions, you would have, you know, two brothers eventually have to break off because they can't both be the, the master or the king of the pride. We've got all these people who want to run their own prides in this world and in the United States. And they're not even necessarily running their life very well, let alone the, with their audacity to think that they can run a group. But when I can step into their model of the world and understand why this stuff matters to them, at the very minimum, I get to connect with another human being. And it gives me an opportunity to learn something new. Am I going to redesign my life around their opinions, values, and beliefs? No. I'm designing my life around my opinions and values and beliefs. And I want other people to, at the, again, very least, to just accept that there's a reason why I see the world this way. At a very young age, we begin to make meaning out of everything. We come out of the womb and we are just shocked and awed by the billions and billions of things that we get to look at. That's why during the, the, those terrible twos and those inquisitive threes, we're asking why, why, why so much? Because we just don't understand anything that's happening around us. And then we get older and we think we understand everything when, in fact, we don't understand that much more because things are constantly shifting and changing within us and within other people. So when you look back at your own life, 
where have you blocked out listening to other people's models of the world? Right? When sensory inputs come into you, these five senses, touch, taste, sight, sound, smell, they bring things in. You begin to form opinions and values and beliefs and memories and experiences all based on this stuff. You can go through your life just mundane, humdrum, expecting that it is just the way that it is. And most of us do. Like we go through our lives just getting used to these small discomforts as well as these emotional and these mental limits that we've placed upon us or we've listened to other people and allowed them to place upon us. And that's what I'm going to finish the show with talking about. When we do these emotional and mental limits and we allow them to be placed upon us, we are not respecting our own model of the world that we have learned We have grown emotionally and mentally throughout our lives. And again, whether I'm finding you in elementary school all the way up to you turning 97 next week, you are a constantly changing being. And you can change for the good where you begin to accept other people's models of the world, or you you can change in more of an undesirable way where you become less and less willing to accept that other people have a reason for why they think and behave and act the way that they do. We've all experienced life differently. We feel things differently. We think about things differently. And again, 10 people locked in a room, you know, all staring at a blank wall are all going to experience that differently. And that is amazing. And that is something to embrace. And so as you begin to take these next steps into the whatever phase you're going off into, I cannot stress enough how important it'll be to accept other people's models of the world. It'll make you more um, friendly. It'll, it'll create more compassion and empathy in you. Instead of seeing a homeless person with a street sign saying, please, I'm hungry, and, and looking at them and thinking, oh, they're just lazy, get a job, you'll realize that you have no idea the infinite amount of ways that could have led them to standing on that street corner. You have no idea. And if one day you find yourself sitting there needing some help, no one else will really know what it is that you've gone through to get to that point where now you have no other choice but to ask for help. And maybe one day you're the person who can give the help. And maybe one day you're the person who needs the help. But either way, Don't you want people to respect your model of the world? Don't you want people to respect how you got there? Because you want that back. So why aren't you giving that out? It's just conflict, conflict, conflict in this world. And we continue to go down this route where we think that there's not enough room for everybody to succeed, where we think that, that resources like time and money and energy are scarce when they're actually vastly more abundant than we even are aware of, even as we destroy the very planet that we live on. It is still abundant. There is still plenty for those who need to get some. There's plenty to go around. Perhaps we have too many people hoarding instead of sharing, and that's a topic for a whole nother episode. But what's important to walk away from this episode knowing is that when you respect somebody else's model of the world, you send out an energy that says, I, at the very least, will be able to listen and open my mind up to what you're about to say. 
I may not condone it. I may not walk away even believing it, but at least I've opened up a pathway of communication. And I really honestly believe that there is nothing more important between humans than open, vulnerable, honest communication where we can say what we're feeling and we can allow other people to take it in and realize, hey, I said it. I can change what I think. I can change. I can even change what I said down the line. And you know what? Now I'm going to wrap this up because I didn't realize how close I'd gotten to 27 minutes here. Is it's you know this is great cancel culture. Let's maybe I could have led with cancel culture. This is not respecting somebody else's model of the world. People will do things in their lives that they won't even be happy that they did one day. They'll look back and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I, I, that was the actions I took in that moment. I am, I've got so much guilt or I've got so much shame. And it's like, I want to, I want to be able to fix it. But we, you know, Marty McFly and Doc aren't showing up in the DeLorean so we can go back and stop ourselves from doing things. Best we can do now is apologize, explain how much we've grown and how much we've changed and how much we don't condone our own behavior back then. And because we're humans and everybody deserves a second chance, right? Hell, I've been given like 75,000 different chances in life in various ways. So why would I not offer that to somebody else? But instead, we see a tweet from nine years ago, or we hear what somebody said when they were 12 years old, and now they're 47, and we're trying to hold their feet to the fire on that, and that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Cancel culture is ridiculous. Give the person an opportunity to apologize or to explain themselves. Let them make their amends, and then let's move through that, and let's realize that we're all going to make mistakes. Some based off of what society believes, are worse than others. There are definitely, you know, um, leaving the milk out on the cabinet and then it spoils is, you know, way worse than, you know, stealing money out of your parents' purse. (laughs) There's different, obviously, levels of this. But there should be an opportunity for us to respect that person's model of the world. Something was going on in their life, and at the moment they thought what they were doing was a good idea. They thought it was a good decision. For themselves alone, they were doing it for a positive intention. Didn't necessarily have to be a positive intention for the whole world or the whole unit or the whole family or even the whole fraternity or sorority, but for them, it was a positive intention that led to a negative consequence based upon their actions. But if we respect somebody else's model of the world, we can step into that and say, okay, I can see how you thought the way that you thought then, And now let's discuss how we're changing and growing now. Conflict, conflict, conflict for centuries, for millennium, have just completely controlled the human species. So much of our history is based on how we have fought over land or how we have fought over resources. Instead of coming together, we just seem to want to continue to come apart at the seams because we can't get on the same page. Because we can't even get in the same book. Hell, in some cases, we're not even in the same library. And it just makes no sense to me how we think long-term that this is going to be a fruitful way for our species to continue. And now I got way too heady, so I'm going to wrap it up on this, that while we can't solve the entire world's problems in one podcast episode, we probably can't even solve most of our own problems in our life. 
we can absolutely start taking the steps right now today to respect other people's models of the world, to realize that change isn't only happening, but it is absolutely inevitable, and that when we can embrace that, we realize we can change, we can respect the change within ourselves, and then we can begin to respect the change in other people. Respect somebody else's point of view. You don't, you're not condoning it when you do that. You're just respecting them as a human who've experienced it. many things in their life that have led them to feel or think or say or act the way that they are. And when you ask questions and you seek to understand and not judge right or wrong, now you're making a connection through communication that is everlasting. And that is what will keep this species thriving for another millennia, if not longer. But at our current trajectory, it ain't looking good. So you be the change you want to see in the world. That's super cliche alert. And begin to respect other people's models of the world. And through that, you will grow internally in a way that will be visually externally mind-blowing to those who are able to witness it within you. And that is a graduation present worthy of giving yourself. As always inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Go out there, be amazing, be splendid, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.